0: My name is Ezekiel Washington, and I'm a freelance journalist. I'm creating this audio journal in the hopes that the information I received isn't completely false. I was sent an anonymous tip about an island called Gomorrah. The email I received was sent from an address that ceased to exist two hours after I received the initial correspondence. The email had the subject, Gomorrah, and the body of the email only contained a phone number, and attached was a one-page, single-spaced document which upon reading was extremely vague in the information it held. According to this source, at least 10 people a year disappear on this island, which doesn't seem like a lot given that 5,000 people disappeared in New York City in 2016. However, in a place where the population size is less than 800, 10 people missing a year is nothing to be ignored. Apparently, the disappearances have been occurring for more than 30 years, It would also be interesting to note that this island is so secluded from the rest of the world that it's missing many of the modern conveniences we rely on today. There are no cell towers, no ATMs, and only one grocery store. As far as anyone is concerned, it's a dead island. From what little I can find online, it was bought in the early 1920s by a man called Thomas Whittaker as a refuge for some of the more wealthy people of that time to escape from their everyday lives. In fact, his slogan was, rest, solitude, and meaning can be found here. Unfortunately, when he announced the intended name for his refuge, he became a social pariah. And I can't say I blame his peers for ostracizing him. No one in their right mind would want to live in a place whose namesake comes from a place that was known for its wickedness, and then was destroyed with fire and brimstone, according to the Bible. Nevertheless, he was able to find backers for his project, and everything was coming together until the Great Depression, when he and many of his backers lost everything. With nothing to lose, Whitaker and his most trusted financial backers packed up their meager belongings, pulled together the last little bit of their money, and headed for Gomorrah with their families in tow. Luckily, housing and a crude but usable water and sewage system was awaiting them. Unfortunately, food was scarce. Wealthy people hardly make the best farmers, and they eventually opened up their sanctuary to farmers and their families, who were also escaping the Great Depression. By the end of the 1930s, Gomorrah was a thriving, heavily populated area that was completely self-reliant. From my research, I was also able to see that the townspeople were relatively diverse racially, politically and socially, but this did not stop them from living in harmony. However, all good things must come to an end. In 1972, more than 90% of the population left the island. A small main town called Castine is where the packed ferry from Gomorrah docked. The newspaper clipping I was able to find stated that the locals were shocked by how many people poured from the ferry. One of the islanders was quoted as saying that, we needed to leave. We weren't allowed to stay. The ferry captain would only say that it was best to avoid the island entirely unless you truly sought rest, solitude, and meaning. By the end of that week, he had made more than 20 trips to the town. And each time his boat arrived full of people and left empty as a tomb. As a journalist, I'm shocked a story has never been done on this place before. There is so much history to uncover. There have been no major stories done on the island since that week in 1972. Like I said before, the island is considered a dead zone and has been for more than 40 years. With that much of the population leaving suddenly and the disappearances, this place is an investigator's gold mine. The number the source gave me to call seems to be the only way to gain access to the island. When I called, I was greeted by a voice telling me what day and time to be at the dock in Maine, then how much my fare to and from the island would be. Anyone who knows me also knows that I've been stagnant these past few years. I need my next big break, and I think this story has fallen right into my lap. I'm emptying out my meager savings and heading across the country to Maine tomorrow what do I expect to find in Gamora? Well, if I'm lucky, maybe some meaning. I'll be recording everything I experience as I go. I'll compile the information and bring it home. I hope this is a story worth telling. Thank you for listening to the prologue of Gamora. If you like what you hear so far, like us on Facebook at the Gamora Podcast for updates and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Join us in late March when the search for rest, solitude, and meaning will begin.